on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There is Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, we're back. Great to have your company, wherever you might be listening across Australia, talking all things golf. My name's Julian Bard. You're with The Clubhouse, and Mark Allen is in the studio as always. Hey, Marco. G'day, Jules. Nice to see you, buddy. What a good week for Australian golf. Mate, I was just ticking around everywhere, wasn't it, with Marcus Fraser having a win, and the, the Ladies Australian Open was fantastic. Yes. Didn't get an Australian winner, but it was still fantastic to watch on the telly. And then uh, Monday morning swung around, and Adam Scott was a real show with the big chip in on the last. Certainly he was. A few things uh, to take note. Marcus Fraser, as you said, big win in Malaysia. Adam Scott's putting was He can fix them just by chipping in. Yeah. Uh, liked that. That chip was going how far past do you reckon? Uh, 20 feet. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> it was going to be 20 foot past. Not very often that happens, you know. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny. Not Has many to pe- hit the dead centre of the flag. Not many people know this, but the pin that they use in all the big major tours yeah. around the world, they're designed to where the ball bounces and goes down. Really? Yeah, so they actually, um, they're not parallel. So, you know, like a parallel shaft means that, you know, that the sides are parallel. But the pins, um, they have it, yeah, they come it. down into a little apex. <laughs> right. So the actual ball is the, designed to hit the pin and then go down slightly. Like a, almost like a carrot shape. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I remember when I was playing as a kid, and we used to go to Royal Melbourne, they used to have big fat broomsticks as the pins, yeah. basically. Nothing would go in. Yeah. Absolutely nothing would go in. But, you know, the PGA Tours around the world, they want chip-ins. They want bunker shots going in. They want hole-in-ones. So they've got these big pins that are designed. So that's why you see so often on the telly that these shots at, at your local club yep. just go clang and and bounce <laughs> yeah, off the green. Six feet off. Uh, whatever the makeup is with these pins, whether they're a little bit hollow inside and they're angled down, um, whatever it is. Get them on the local It works. Course. It works a Give treat. Us a chance. Everybody should have them. <laughs> Give us a go. Yeah, I, I reckon. Why not? Why not? I mean, it's fantastic. It's good for the game. Gets people playing. Anything to get people playing. Really give me a chance when I duff that chip in it so it just goes straight at the, the pin. Scu- when you scull it, yeah, you yeah, scull yeah, the chip yeah, right yeah. in the belly. Yeah. As long as it hits that <laughs> pin somewhere, it's going, it's going in. in. Yeah, right. it is. It is. But like, <laughs> anyway, like seriously, any, any other, any regulation pin on your average golf course, yep. Adam Scott's shot hits it and probably sits, you know, <laughs> somewhere on top of the ground, yep. not underneath. Probably makes bogey. Yeah, probably makes bogey. <laughs> probably makes bogey, Jules. But, uh, do you want to have... start there, Northern Trust Open, or do you want to go Malaysia first? Well, look, let's go with Malaysia. Yep. Uh, Marcus Fraser only made two bogeys for the week. Unbelievable, God. It's just a sensational result. Three under final round, 68 to win yeah. by two strokes. Yeah, I've, I've played Royal Selangor. I think there's about four courses on this Royal Selangor uh, golf club in Malaysia. Now, there's two sites, and I think both sites have got 36 holes. I reckon I've played them all. Um, the grass setup on the greens, it, it used to be bad. These days, it's not too bad. You know, the, 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 with the really hot temperature uh, type greens that they have in, in Asia. Uh, the grass they use now is far better than what it used to be, but they're still very grainy, yep. and you have to know what you're doing. And that makes defense in golf, and yes, there is something called defense. It's the same with everything, mate. You know, we watched the Super Bowl just recently. <laughs> defense is the difference. That's it. Uh, the NBA Finals, it'll be defense. In the AFL, you know, defense comes into it more than we probably think. You know, defense is everywhere. In golf, defense is your short game. Yeah. 
That's how you defend the score. And Marcus Fraser, they only have two bogeys for an entire week. Um, well, we're going to speak to him a little. You're going to hear from him a little we'll later in the yep. program. You're yep. going to hear from him a little later in the program. I got to speak with him right after the big win uh, on Monday. We'll play that. But yeah, he was saying that you know on on the second round where he had the two bogeys, he, he kind of found something. Uh, he still made those two bogeys. The last couple of days, uh, particularly last day, he's, you know, he started tightening up and things don't go to plan. Yeah. But the defense, his ability to get up and down, and the two up and downs on 17 and 18, oh, yeah. where this uh, poor little bloke who's about 21 years old was just gone. He just had a double bogey yeah. on 16, made an absolute mess of 18 as well, and just yeah. gifted him the tournament. Mm-hmm. But uh, look, everyone loves this bloke. Marcus yep. Fraser is a ripper, like uh, an absolute special. He, he could be playing the Masters. US leading the tournament, Jules. You could put the call in, and he'd talk to you in between on. rounds. Yeah. And I mean that he would. That's what you want. He would. He would. And you know that's just the nature of the fellow. He's got this amazing golf weekend up at Corowa, and uh, I know that we broadcast. So this show goes into it on a Sunday morning. Yep. Um, and uh, the, the the tournament that he runs, it's the biggest tournament of its kind. It's the biggest field. It's the biggest one day field. In the world, mm. basically, well, at least in Australia <laughs> anyway. It's the biggest one-day field in Australia. I think they have about 300 people playing wow. in one day. Everyone goes up. They raise lots of money for his old club, Coral Golf Club, where his parents still live and his family. Um, and, yeah, mate, everyone loves this bloke. Everyone who gets in contact or knows Marcus loves him. Yep. And uh, for him to do this, I think he's 37 or 38, it changes his whole schedule. Yeah. I mean, now he's, he's exempt into... So what does it mean? What does it mean for him? Well, he gets to he gets in the sixties in the world. Yep. Now he just has to play well. I think he's playing in Durrell in a couple of weeks, and I believe he came sixth or seventh. He had a top ten finish there not long ago at Durrell. The course doesn't suit him at all. He came sixth <laughs> or seventh. So if he can go back and have another sixth or seventh at Durrell, yep. it's a World Golf Championship event. Then he sneaks really close to this top fifty in the world. Now there is a cutoff point before the Masters. Where if you're in the top fifty at that stage, you're into all the mar- or into all the majors. Yep. Changes your life. Life changer. Boom. If you get into those majors, you get into all the world golf championship events as well. Uh, and that's a c- complete complete rewriting of his books for twenty sixteen. Cancel all your flights. Yeah. Uh, so he's Perth Internationaling this week. Uh, let's hope he plays well at Lake Karanup. And then um, after that, I think he's next off to Dubai. Uh, not uh, sorry, Durrell. So the big one there at Durrell. So yep. it's a world golf championship a bit event. I think the uh, future U.S. president now owns the course. It's called Trump Durrell these days. So <laughs> he's that one out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, imagine if that happens. Imagine if Donald Trump. What did it all mean for golf? Well, he's got golf courses. He loves golf. Yeah. It's, it's a, not a bad question. I wonder what it means. You know, he's got. He's Can got he, will he finally Trump be able to Durrell. go and play at Augusta if he's president? <laughs> I'm not sure. Is he a member at Augusta? No, they wouldn't let him in. They wouldn't would let they? him in. It's the last I heard. Well, surely Augusta, if you're president, you can go and play at Augusta. Steph Curry played. If he much. has, if he's been, if if they've said no, you can't play, mm. or you can't join, it, it won't matter if he's the president. <laughs> they're he, bigger than the president. They're bigger <laughs> than the presidency. They are. They think they are. That's one of the great <laughs> things about Augusta National. They, if they don't want you there, you're not there. Condoleezza Rice is a member. Really? Yeah, she's a member there yeah. at Augusta. But um, if they've blackballed him once, mm. I reckon it would be an even bigger tick imagine for that. the members. The, the imagine, Oval Office calls oh, up. Mate. Any chance that uh, Don can get on? Imagine the Augusta no. members. They'd be so, <laughs> they would be just tickled that <laughs> the President of the United States has asked to join and they've said no. Yeah. They would think that was Christmas. Mm. They They'd really be all would. Over it. They would. They anyway, would. well done, the Marcus Fraser. Yep. 
It's a mighty effort. It certainly was. And we like seeing him play well. It's his third victory on the European Tour. And uh, another Australian to get the job done. Well, not quite not get quite. the job done. We mentioned it already. Adam Scott, yeah. uh, the Northern Trust Open, uh, finished second. couple three-parts in that last round. Yeah, heard him. Um, Bubba uh, came from two shots back with four holes to play. Yeah. Jason Kokrak uh, held uh, Adam Scott off most of the final round. And then Bubba came through right at the end. Uh, yeah. The one bit I want to talk to you about, in case you haven't seen it, jump on pgatour.com or whatever yep. website it is. Bubba's drive on the 17th, the par five, where he both feet came off the ground. On tippy toes. As he hit it. Yep. Spun his whole body around, blasted it straight up. And then he did two iron to the back of the green. Yeah. Um, hit his eagle putter yep. within a foot and birdied. Yep. Yeah. That was essentially the tournament. Right that was there. it. That was it. Now, Adam Scott, in the meantime, right before that, he did the same <laughs> thing. He just bombed a yep. drive. And hit his two iron to the back of the green. That's a very long hole. Yeah. I think they had 270 yards. They're hitting their driver. Yeah. Their two irons, 270 yards. That's how far I carry my driver. Yeah. They're hitting two irons and that far. Adam Scott did that again on the 18th, I reckon, because he hit the... Two iron uh, off the tee, did he? Because he had a no, four he iron a, in. he hit a spectator and it bounced back into the play. And then he had a hit, hit two uh-huh. iron into the green and then sort of went over the back. Went over the back. Yeah, yeah, okay. I didn't. I, I was wondering I what happened. Uh, from memory. Because I know that, uh, I think Kokrak... Unusual name, real weird, real name. unusual and a name. A couple of people have got it wrong this week. So have they really? Got they right. got it the other way around, yeah. have they? Yeah, that's no good. Yep. that's no good. Well, I think he had nine <laughs> iron into the seventy-second. Yeah. He had a nine iron into the seventy-second hole, so that's enormous. And he doesn't hit as far as Adam Scott. So his four iron, which I caught, he just smoked that. I mean, his caddy, you could hear in the background saying, "Here we go." Yep. Why they don't have caddies mic'd up? I just oh, don't understand that. Make it happen. Fox Sports, make it happen. I mean, seriously. You want to be a revolutionary in golf broadcasting? Yeah, they've got those things. It's like, you know, the megaphone when you you yeah. talk to people and it's like a trumpet type thing. They've got those same things, but you can hear people talk. Why wouldn't they just have that on the conversation between player and caddy? Well, we can hear stump mic. We can hear Josh Hazelwood abusing the umpire. So. Yeah, he did. He did a great job. <laughs> he did a great job Why abusing the umpire. Why can't we hear uh, caddy and... Well, I mean, it's the most interesting thing. Fair enough. You turn it off when they're walking to the ball and they're discussing their own thing. But as they're at the ball and they're discussing the shot, you tell them. When you stop, you put your bag down, mic's up. Yep. Too easy. And no one swears in that moment. No. No one's going, no one is dropping a bomb of any kind. You tell them. As soon as your bag goes down, back and forth. Bags off the shoulder, mics come up. Yeah, even like there is a sound guy. There is a guy, you know, when you're on the telly, one, there's a guy who runs right behind you <laughs> with the camera. Yeah. It's off-putting when you first get it, but you you, you get, get used to it. to it very, very quickly. But the other one, there's a guy with a big boom mic, and, you know, it's huge. Yeah. And he stands not too far away. So when in between shots, when you're actually on the box, um, one guy runs behind and another guy runs right in front of you. No big deal. Yeah. Why couldn't that boom guy just... Go yeah. near you when you are discussing. Mm-hmm. That's all. That, that's all I require. Mm. And golf telecasting is just about perfect. It's just hearing the reasoning yep. why they're doing stuff. Because you know uh, they might have been saying, "Hey, listen, it's probably a three iron, but the way you're hitting it and the way you're feeling, yeah. you know." Oh, or uh, Scotty, Scotty, be going, "No, no, no, it's too good a lie. The lie's perfect. I'm pumped up. Just give me the four iron. Yeah. And then when he actually swings and hits the four iron over the back, yeah. you know what you think? Then you go, wow, yeah, he was right. pumped up. <laughs> he was pumped up. It just adds that dimension. Or even, you know, if, if they're in between clubs and he decides in the last hole to, to hit a half shot 
which, you know, we're always, always I mean, that's in the back of your mind as yeah, a listener. Yeah. Yeah. What's he doing in a half shot? Take the pitching wedge and hit it full. <laughs> that's what we've always been told. Yep. You know, and, and that will also give fodder for the guys up there in the booth. The guys in the booth, they're so knowledgeable. Mm. They've got great stories to tell, yes, but I tell you what, when they hear the conversations between player and caddy, because that's all they've done for the majority of their life, they can give you the cream on top yeah. of that. And, and it just gives it's them gonna more. Take, it's going to take one of the big four, as we've talked about, to just say to a broadcaster, hey, stick a mic on. And then as soon as one of them does it, yeah. and now everyone says, how good was that? They'll how all good do was it. that? They'll yeah. all do it. You know what staggers me is when there is a rules official telling a bloke that he's got uh, two club lengths because he's next to a stake tree, you can hear every yeah. word. <laughs> oh, wasn't that interesting? There's a rule actually. <laughs> oh, really? You get two club lengths from a stake tree, do you? Or one club length from a stake tree. You get one, well, that's great. Yeah. Why can't we have the same guy with the boom mic close to the player and caddy? Get it on there. There are no secrets, you know? It's not like what he's saying to the player is a big secret that he doesn't want to get out there. Everyone's doing the same stuff. Yep. Anyway, that's my Ball tracker. I love that too. Ball get tracker. That, get that going. How good is ball tracker? Yep. Ball tracker's great. Brilliant. More slow mo's. I love slow mo's. Oh, how good. Love slow mo's. And, and especially I want some slow mo's when the really rancid shots are in yeah, play. Like a big, big snap hook. <laughs> shank. Have you ever seen? I saw a shank once on the, on the super slow mo. The, the toe of the club, it just or it turns. At a 90 degree yeah. angle to where the ball was trying to go. I'd love to see a shank on the ball tracker too. Ball like tracker just, shank? Uh, straight yeah. around. Yeah. 15 feet high. Yeah. Imagine the ball tracker with ball some speed. tiger shots back when he was playing. Imagine being able oh, to watch mate. some of those cuts and that sort oh, of stuff. The, the stingers that he was hitting. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you where it is good. A ball tracker with Bubba Watson. Oh, yeah. Bubba Watson ball tracker. That's fantastic. I yeah. still can't get my head around. I mean, I, I understand him hitting the big fade with the driver because. That gets you in play. And and basically, if you're hitting fades, your club face stays squarer for longer. Yep. It's a safer shot to hit. Um, and I always tell people, and this has been going around, Trevino used to say this too, all the amateurs are trying to hit draws, all the pros are trying to hit fades. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, but what I don't understand about Bubba is he hits hooks with his short irons. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't, know, I don't get that one. What about he shot into 18 and he took the hand off the club yeah. And we're all thinking, they're going, come on, Scotty, come yeah, on, Scotty. He shanked it into he the hill. Going, oh, here we go. Oh, six foot. Six foot. <laughs> that was unbelievable. Come on, Bubba. That was disappointing. <laughs> that was really disappointing. I love the interview with Adam Scott, too. He said, oh, I thought when he took the hand off yeah. the club, there might have been a chance here. Nah, no, sorry. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And it's funny, you know, I've been watching, um, Bubba had a little bit of a, he had the heebie-jeebies there a little while ago with the putter and yep. also the chipper. He's beaten those heebie-jeebies. I mean, it's obvious now that he's won, but there's still a few putts where He's heebie-jeebie free. Yeah, there's nothing there anymore. So he has overcome something that I thought was going to take over his game. Because once you get the heebie-jeebies, it's not you don't have to go too far from yeah. there. <laughs> it's only just around the corner, uh-huh. and the shanks and the and, and the yips yeah. and the Tiger Woods chips and all that starts to come into play. Yep. But he's beaten that. So credit where credit's due. I don't understand from tee to green. I don't understand what you're doing at all. But uh, well done with the putter and you know, the chipping. It's the fantastic. Best bit about Bubba's win? What's that? Reportedly passed a kidney stone on the Monday. He what? Reportedly passed a kidney stone on the Monday. Oh, that's supposed to be unbelievably yeah, painful. Still one. So well, he's going at the moment. Oh. <laughs> have you heard, do you know anyone who's... I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone who's <laughs> done that, but other people have told me that they know people and they, you know, 
It's ridiculous. Still wanted to go up major golf tournament. Oh, well, I've crossed my legs Come right now. Well. <laughs> I've crossed my legs. Can we talk about the Women's Australian Open at some stage? Yeah, certainly can. We'll talk about uh, Rory McIlroy and Jordan Speed. They're human. Talk about that after this, too. Yeah, Jordan, what was that? Unbelievable. We're in the clubhouse. Julian Bards, my name, Mark Allen's here. Plenty more next. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the clubhouse. Certainly are across Australia. My name's Julian Bayard. Mark Allen is also here in the clubhouse each and every week. And Marco, uh, we had a Japanese winner of the uh, Women's Australian Open this week. Yeah, Haru Namura. I always have trouble saying that name for some reason. But uh, number 60 in the world, number 62 in the world before she stepped on mm-hmm. uh, the Australian Open uh, there at Adelaide last week. Uh, 65 last round, mate. That's impressive stuff. Yep. Uh, to shoot seven under in the last round to win a championship. Um, we say it a lot, but that's unbelievable golf uh, to do it. I mean, I understand, and most pros will understand, seven under's okay. But when there is a trophy up for grabs on the last day, to continue on and to putt the way she did yep. was very impressive, particularly when there is Kari Webb, a former world number one, clear number one like Tiger yeah. Woods w- mm-hmm. was being dominant she was she was being compared to Tiger Woods when she was number one she was that far ahead of number two she'd won seven majors she'd done it all before she was 30 years old uh, to have her in the field you know Namura would look up to Curry Webb like she like other people would look uh, you know in the men's game would look up to Tiger Woods or Ernie Els or yeah. Phil Mickelson um, and Lydia Coe, of course, the 18-year-old world number one. Yep. For her to shoot 65 in the presence of that greatness brilliant. Um, is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the golf course, the Grange, too, looked fantastic. So now if you ever go to Adelaide, you've got uh, Kuyonga and you've got Royal Adelaide, two absolute beauties, special golf courses. And by the looks of it now, you've got the Grange because, mm. you know, from what I saw... Looks good. It looked fantastic. It's a place I want to play. So well done to Clates because I think Clates has taken a lot yeah, of trees. Right. I, I, I can remember qualifying there a million years ago when I first turned pro. I had to go there and qualify for Ford Open or yep. South Australian Open or whatever we were over there for. And that course was just heavily treed. You could not miss the field. You wouldn't dare. I, mean, I, I might have only hit one driver yeah. on a par five when I qualified there. So that's the way I remember it, the Grange. So... Um, Nobody wants to play that sort of golf course where you can't hit driver. Yeah. Golf is boring when you can't hit driver. Absolutely boring. If you are dared to hit a driver, yeah, that's great. Dare me and I can do, do it. it. Yeah, yeah. Still, you've got to have a little bit of room. <laughs> but uh, when when trees take the driver out of your hands, because a lot of the time, you know, you can land on the fairway, get a bad bounce and you're under a tree. That's no, not good. It's not fun. That's not way. That's not. I, want, I don't want to play that golf, Jules. I know you don't want to play that sort of golf either. That's right. hit the fairway the best of times. Yeah, that's right. So if your ball lands on the fairway, you'd like to think it doesn't run into a tree if it gets a bad bounce. Yeah. Unless it's a dog leg and go through the dog leg. So I think what they've done at the Grange is magnificent. It's a course now I want to play where once upon a time, I mean, I, I got a fright. When, when I was told the ladies Australian Open was going to the Grange, my initial thought was, what for? Yeah. Why would you? I mean, where are the people going to stand? But um, yeah, clearly, I haven't been there for a while, and Clates has done a great job because uh, it looked fa- fabulous on the TV, and there was no complaints. Everyone was very, very happy with the condition, and that's what happens when you take trees out too. Sun can actually get to parts of the golf yeah, course, absolutely, um, and you've got these big trees sucking up all the moisture out of the fairways, and and grass can grow. So, um, you know, it was a good one. Uh, I thought the it was well telecast on the box as well. Um, 
And that Lydia Coe, I tell you what, she, I don't know how many majors this kid's going to win. I think she's only won one at the moment. Uh, it'd be interesting to see when the majors start ticking around in 2016 how many she can get her hands on. Yep. I reckon she'll win two. Superstar. But I still don't know how many girls majors there are this year. It seems to change from year to year. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I don't know. Don't, don't get me started on that. Don't get me started hey, on that. Um, Hopefully she wins a couple this year. Saw a couple of uh, blokes who, well, are human again, finally. Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth. Just yeah. when we thought that they were starting to get their games together. Rory McIlroy is a horrible final round at the Northern Trust yeah. Open. What are you shooting in? An eagle on the first. Yeah. Uh, Playing with Adam Scott. Yeah. An eagle on the first to be co-leader. Yeah. And I think eight or nine bogeys after that. That's ugly. Yeah. From a bloke who just hits it down the stick all the time. It's yeah. really ugly. And then Jordan Spieth didn't even make the cut. Didn't even make the cut. In fact, after round one, there's 144 players in the field. And he was coming 144th in putts gained at minus five. Yeah. That's disgusting for, for the Jordan best Spieth. in the world. Yeah. Look, no, normally what they do is a zero is average for the field. Do you know how putts game yeah, work? Yeah. Yep. Zero is average for the field on this beautiful new stat. It is beautiful. Mm. I love what they do. Um, when, when Jordan Spieth normally wins a tournament, he's normally plus two for the week. Unbelievable punting. And we've all seen him putt. He's a freak. So plus two is freakish. He was minus five. <laughs> so Wasn't a good way. He must have had 40 putts. Yeah. He must have had 42 putts. I don't know what he's done on that round one, but he was he, he was coming 143rd um, out of the field of 144, but the putting stats, he was 144th. Yuck. That'll never happen again. Yuck. I wouldn't think and so. And then did you see him on the driving range, that video of him hitting no. it into the what was he doing? little you know the little markers on the side of the driving range. Yeah. He smacked one straight and that bounced back into the crowd behind him. Went, oh, did he really? What's going on there? Oh, that's Jordan, how, what that's are you doing? That's how bad a week he was having. Gee whiz. Lucky his last name's not uh, Kyrgios. We'd, yeah. all be going, we'd be pounding him for that one. We'd be smashing Jordan Spieth. He's got a few, uh, got a little, he's got a little bit in the bank though, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, Jordan. I don't think he meant to do it, but... Uh, yeah, you've got to be careful. Yeah. Remember when Todd Woods came over here, I think it was the second year, and he bounced his three-wood over the crowd? Remember that? No. And he was on the uh, about the 14th hole at Kingston Heath. So it must have been when he won at Kingston Heath. Oh, actually, I do remember that. And yeah. he threw his... Yeah. He hit a bad drive with the three-wood. You know, it was just in the rough, but yeah. obviously a swing that he was feeling uncomfortable with. And he threw the club down, boinged. but it boinged <laughs> over the crowd. Can I tell you another? I'll give you another one. Yeah. It's playing behind Mike Clayton. I'm using his name a lot. Mike and I used to room together. If there was ever a tournament where the hotel was, you know, was ridiculous, Mike and I would stay together. Uh, I'm playing behind him this one particular day, and uh, I saw him miss a putt. He was prone to missing putts, um, and he threw his putter from the tenth hole at Kuyonga to the eleventh tee over, <laughs> over the gallery. He threw it over the gallery. That was funny. If you want to see something funny. Uh, it's good Google stupid golfer uh, falling on ball and you'll see Mike Clayton hitting uh, a putt and then he <laughs> fell on it. He fell on his own ball. Very funny. you got to see it. It's a good vision it. of Rory throwing a club into a lake. Yeah. In fact, just all you have to do is Google stupid golfer and Mike Clayton will come straight up. up. Top He'll hit. just come straight up. Top hit. Straight up. <laughs> what about Tiger Woods, Marco? Change of subjects. Uh, yeah, uh, I saw the report. this week about his health, uh, that he wasn't even able to sit down in a golf cart. Um, he wasn't able to bend over, uh, can't walk properly, can't he's, walk a golf course. But then his agent, Mark Steinberg, has come out and rubbished it. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're going to do... struggling a bit. Well, 
from the from the report, he's not going to be back anytime soon. Steinberg's always going to say that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, I've heard similar stuff where he's stuffed, absolutely stuffed, because uh, you know people talk. But if Steinberg has said that, then he's probably yeah you know, he might have had a bad day. He might have been a bit stiff. He, he's Someone a very, saw him. He's a hard worker. Tiger Woods in the gym. So if he's had a few injuries, the guns again. He might be on the uh, doing the curls for the girls again. <laughs> I think he and uh, what was the girl's name? The skier. She, uh, they've uh, yeah. they've broken up. Yeah, he might be back on the back on track with the yeah. girlies. So, like he he he's a hard worker in the gym. Yeah, we need to, we probably need some vision to see what's going on. Lindsay yep. Vaughn is the girl's name. That's right. Um, he'll be right. He'll be right. He'll never win a major again, no. ever, ever, ever. And if he wins a tournament, that'll be cause for celebration. I think he's gone. Will he ever come back and play? Properly again? Well, I'd like to see him hit a few shots first. Yeah. Next, the next time he comes back, you know, we'll get an idea of how he looks and how he's swinging. But the sad thing is, everyone's bombing it past him. Yeah. You know, Adam Scott bombs it past him. Um, Dustin Johnson bombed. Where's Ty? Like so far past him. Mm. Louis Oosthuizen. <laughs> Louis's got the really soft, smooth swing playing at the Perth International this week. Bang. Bombs it past him. Yep. Bubba, Day, they, Bubba. they all bomb it past him. So, um, if you're not the longest hitter, then you've got to be the straightest hitter. And, you know, historically, Tiger has been terrible off the tee with the driver. He's not a straight driver at the golf ball. He's got beautiful, always had unbelievable recovery skills. That's the defense we're talking about. You know, Tiger, you, you have a look at Tiger. He, he's, um, he's hitting with his irons and three woods and wedges. Unbelievable, but he also had the best defense in the game. Yeah. I mean, his short game was ridiculous. It was as good as Seve. Yep, he putted as well as Jack. Um, he just he had the, the perfect combination. But there was always the question mark with the driver. In in saying that, he always played the tough tournaments where the fairways are quite narrow. You know, he didn't play in Las Vegas where the fairways are fifty yeah. yards wide. <laughs> he didn't play, you know, in the Honda Classic where they think they're playing this, this week. week. Yep, where the fairways it's windy and they're fifty yards wide. Yeah. most of the tournaments he plays, you know. It's where the tournament, the, the fairways are at their tightest, except for probably Augusta. So when you look at the stats, yeah, he doesn't hit many fairways, but he also played all the golf courses no. where the fairways were the hardest to hit. Yep. But in, again, in saying that, he sucked with the driver. I mean, towards the end of his career, he didn't know where it was going. No. And I don't think that's changed. So not only does he not know where it's going, but he's 30 yards behind everybody who does know where it's going. Pretty hard to beat those blokes. going to be tough. We'll yeah. wait and see when he comes back, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I think that's uh, the good call. Easy done. Got to get to a break. We can hear from Marcus Fraser good. next. We're going to go inside the Pro Shop too. This is The Clubhouse. My name's Julian Bard. Mark Allen is here. We'll be back next. On The Clubhouse, The Pro Shop. Yeah, welcome back to the clubhouse. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you. We are here for Mandalay Golf Course, Melbourne's newest golfing experience in the north. And you can play at Melbourne's newest golf course. It's Club Mandalay. It's located just off the Hume Highway. So if you drive a little bit north of Melbourne, just up the road, clubmandalay.com.au Beautiful. for all the details. It's a great course, great housing estate around mm. it, great uh, really picturesque holes. And uh, it's a very nice course to play, Mark. Yeah, good I would recommend it to anyone good greens out there as well. listening. Yes. I've been told. Absolutely. We are inside the pro shop at the moment, Marco. Yeah. And we, I know we've done a little bit of a chat before about some uh, graphite and steel shafts, but I was yeah. at uh, the local pro shop playing last week, yeah. and uh, I was having a look at some clubs, and they've got the steel shaft, sort of three, four iron to pitching wedge, yeah. and then they've got the graphite shaft, the full set, of the graphite. whole thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is a very good and question. It's, they're starting to become more prevalent. I want to know if I'm buying a set. Yep. What am I looking for? Okay. Now, the graphite shafts in the irons. Now, this is a little bit different. I mean, the graphite shafts in hybrids and even long irons these days, uh, they help with the launch angle. Yes. So the same thing happens with a full set of clubs. So if, if you're thinking about uh, a pitching wedge or a nine iron um, and you're looking at the graphite shafts, if you already get those clubs in the air quite well, there is absolutely no reason at all for you to go graphite shafts. The only time, I think personally, uh, you can go with the graphite shaft is, one, if you are female, you're not as strong. That is a fact. Sorry, girls, yep. but you're not. So most of the girls that you see on TV, a lot of the girls who don't hit the ball as far on TV, the pros, uh, a lot of them have very, very lightweight shafts, uh, either steel mm-hmm. or half steel and half uh, graphite. But for the girls... Absolutely, go the graphite shafts because it's just going to make the uh, hitting the ball much easier. Even kids, kids clubs, mm. kids clubs, you, the kids need graphite shafts. It just makes the game a lot easier to play. In saying that, there are some types who should use, as as in men, who should use them, and they are guys who have been really good golfers in the past and don't have any trouble finding the sweet spot, but just need the game to be played a little easier. So, if you're an older gentleman, yep. Um, and you've been a good golfer in the past, I really recommend going to the graphite yeah, right. shafts because uh, if you hit the centre of the golf club, the club won't skew offline too much and mm-hmm. away you go. But if you are an older gentleman and you don't find the centre of the golf club very often, mm-hmm. just use steel regular shafts because when you hit the off-centre shot, you, the face wobble won't be as much. Um, it, it won't feel as good, but the ball will go better. It's a bit like you know when you see the cars going around Bathurst the suspension is—it's not really suspension, and it would feel like rubbish, actually driving that car. Yeah. But the performance will be better. Much better. It's the same when you're hitting off-center shots right. uh, with uh, with the irons. Uh, it, it'll feel out of the toe, and the shots out of the heel will feel terrible. But the ball will go better. Right. So if you're a man and you've been a good golfer in the past, but you're getting older, graphite shafts are for you. If you're a lady who's just taken up the game, graphite shafts are for you, unless you're quite a strong lady. Mm-hmm. And if you're a kid, if you've got a young fella playing or a young lady playing, graphite shafts all the way because it just makes the golf club a lot lighter. Yep. So they're the arguments for the steel shafts versus the graphite shafts in a set of irons. There you go. Bang. Which way are you going? No, you're uh, a steel shaft man. I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with steel. Steel shaft. I'm not a big man, Marco, as you can <laughs> see in the studio. Steel's right. I, I reckon I got it. Yeah. can just lift them. Good. No, yep. you'll be fine with the steel shaft. You can get a lightweight steel shaft. Yeah. You can get lightweight Maybe steel shaft. Maybe some of the, um, the longer irons. Ask your PGA professional whenever you go. Yeah. And get just, lightweight steel shafts are great. And then if you really, you know, if you can't get a four or a five iron in the air, but you still want a four and a five iron, you should probably still have a four and a five iron, then think about tinkering there and putting a, a graphite shaft in your four or your five iron, and that will just help the launch angle. Enough to make you happy, I'm I sure. I like it. Hey, um, I know the first ever edition of the Pro Shop we did, we did carry bags versus buddies. Yeah. Have you gone to the carry bag? Bought a carry bag last Yes. Week. What sort? Tailor-made. Well done. Yeah. Are you carrying or are you just pretending to carrying and then you put it on a high buggy? No, I, um, I, the first nine holes of my round last week, I had the buggy. Uh, yes. And I thought... I'll give give have a go. go. For the last night, I was loved it. Never yeah. going back. Never going back, man. No, no, no. no never yeah. go back. And sometimes, like I said, I, I only play with 12 clubs. So the carry bag and 12 clubs instead of 14. The two clubs out. Next week? Remarkable. Next week, which clubs should I take out of the bag? Bring your bag in. We'll do that. We'll, we'll do that. We'll sort you out. All right. Because I'm telling you, two clubs out, it's not quite 10%, is it? It's about 15% yeah. less weight. 
Yeah, it's a lot. But I'm putting my little Gatorade bottle full of sand in there. Hey, there you Gotta go. Find you some don't have, that's it. You don't have <laughs> See, to I, carry I you, the bucket of the you, sand. Marco. I listen to you. Good work, Jules. Uh, this is inside the clubhouse for Mandalay Golf Course, Melbourne's newest golfing experience in the north. Now, you were fortunate enough. We've already spoken about Marcus Fraser's great yes. win. You were fortunate enough to catch up with him during the week, straight after he had a win. Yeah, that's right. Uh, look forward to always having a chat with Marcus Fraser. He was in a very good mood. He just got off a plane into Perth, yep. the overnighter, uh, but he was good enough to have that chat. Talk us through the weekend's play, because uh, we were looking at Nathan Holman, actually, uh, after round one and possibly after round two as well. But then you just bumped up, and you did it slowly. No bogeys on the weekend. In fact, when I look through your rounds, just two for the entire week, Marcus. I mean, your, your chipping and putting must have been on. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I played great the first two days, and then uh, on the weekend, it sort of felt like I was a little bit off, a little bit scrappy. But uh, yeah, I managed to get up and down pretty much everywhere, uh, well everywhere. I think uh, for the whole weekend, I think the two bogeys that I made on Friday, one I missed about a three footer, and then uh, and about a five or six footer, I think. So it, uh, other than that, it was uh, it was pretty good. Just managed to uh, get up and down all weekend, and even though my game was a little bit off. Saturday and Sunday, I just sort of felt like I was there about the whole weekend. I've been following you through the, the start of this campaign, Marcus, in, in Dubai, the Arab Emirates, not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this is a very different um, form you're in at the moment as compared to that. What was the situation in Dubai? Yeah, well, I, sort of, I mean, I had a good break. Um, obviously, Marco was up in uh, in Corowa for, um, for the Corowa Golf Club, and um, we had a, a pretty big weekend there, and um, I felt like I had a really good break, and then I got back into some practice. Everything felt okay but then uh, I sort of got to Dubai and um, all my alignment and everything was just uh, all my awareness of all my alignment was just uh, completely out and I just sort of struggled to get the ball back online and, and create that awareness that uh, I really struggled it was probably as bad a golf as I've played uh, for three weeks that three weeks stretch in the Middle East and I sort of went away from that pretty lost actually and I was just uh, wasn't really sure where my game was heading and so I sort of uh, went back to the range at Kingswood and um, just sort of basically tried to create some more awareness of uh, where I was lined up and, and all of a sudden I felt like I had some room again to, to hit the shots I was trying to hit, whereas before I was just so stuck and couldn't really get anything coming out the way I was um, trying to. But, uh, you know, I just spent quite a bit of time on the range and, uh, you know, luckily enough I worked it out. But uh, even at the start of the week, um, last week in Malaysia, I, it, uh, in the practice rounds I was still playing pretty ordinary and then all of a sudden it, uh, just through some more hard work I just sort of basically found found something uh, as the week went on and it uh, yeah but I uh, wasn't expecting to stand up there on Sunday afternoon uh, the way I was playing in the practice rounds, that's for sure. It's funny, Marcus, uh, you, you said I went up and I hosted Marcus's um, uh, Corowa Golf Weekend. It's enormous. It's yep. the biggest field in the country. Uh, it's a great weekend and I'm sure you can, you, know, you can Google Marcus Fraser Weekend at Corowa and you can be part of it next year. But Marcus hadn't touched the club for three weeks and came up and shot 60. <laughs> Just messing around. <laughs> 60, didn't you, mate? Yeah. I mean, yeah, six, I had, hadn't touched yeah. the club for a while and went out and shot 60 at Corowa. All right, so, yeah. I mean, he was on. So uh, when when you go to the Arab Nations and play so poorly, Marcus, I, I was scratching my head as well. I mean, well, you know, getting to this stage in your career, I mean, I don't think you've hit 40 yet, but you must have been no. a little bit concerned or? Yeah, definitely. It, um, you know, to go out there, I think it's obviously it, uh, to go around your home course and, and shoot 60, it was obviously I, I played great that day, but um, I, I think you get onto a, a European tour golf course, especially the big golf courses in in the Middle East, they're so mm. long. And I just got, I mean, I got caught out. That, that was simple. But, uh, you know, I, I felt like I did some good practice before I went up there. But at the same time, um, 
you know, I probably just didn't do enough and didn't have enough of the basics and the basic fundamentals right before I left. And, you know, it was a, it was a pretty hard lesson learned. It, uh, it was three weeks of absolute rubbish golf. And, uh, and, it, and it was, and you've got to be realistic about it and, and approach it in a, in a realistic manner. And I think I did that. And, you know, I, uh, spent a lot of time talking to Dennis McDade, my coach. And, um, you know, we basically just said, right, okay, back to fundamentals, back to the start and, and start again. It just came back to sheer alignment. I just, I was so closed and, and just had no awareness of basically where I was lined up. So it, uh, it was a quick turnaround, but I'm um, pretty glad it turned around. Even when you sort that that issue out, the alignment issue out, Marcus, does, do the mental demons still eat at you? Or are you able to, because uh, you've been doing this for, for some time now, able to shake that off and say that was just the way it was, I've, I've changed all that now, we're back to square one, we'll start from scratch? Yeah, definitely. It, um, you know, it, And when you fix something, when I, when I was aiming so far, I mean, I'm not talking just four or five yards, I was aiming 20, 25 yards right and thinking that I was aiming down the middle of the fairway. Sounds like me. But uh, as, as Marco knows, like as soon as you, you're aiming that far right, and especially for someone who's always faded the ball, mm. um, for me to square it up, I was obviously jumping up out of it and trying to square it up with my hands, and that can only last so long. And, you know, I obviously got away with that in Corowa shooting that, that good round of 60, but, um, you know, week or day in, day out, three weeks in a row, you're going to get found out. And I, I got found out in the Middle East, and... Yeah, it, uh, it was lucky that we, uh, you know, we were uh, half smart about it. And went back to basics and went back and went through the, the basic fundamentals and and got that right. And then, uh, yeah, but uh, definitely, when you do sort that out, you're still having the back of your mind because it, you know, even though I squared myself up, I, I felt like I was aiming a long way left. So you, all of a sudden, you're worrying about the left shot. Yeah. Um, it, uh, so it's, yeah, you've, got, you've just got to spend some time on the on the range and try and find it in the dirt. And uh, you know, I was lucky enough that I did that. There he is, Marcus Fraser on uh, Afternoons with yourself. Yeah, he's Daniel a ripper. Harford. He's a ripper. SEN, Mate, so. We wish him well. Absolutely. We wish him well. Hopefully he plays well Darrell in a great couple chat. of weeks. Great chat. Hopefully he can get inside that top 50. Yeah, that'd be great if he can. Marco's Masterclass is up next. Don't go anywhere. Marco's Masterclass. Yeah, you're with the clubhouse right across Australia. Julian Bayard is my name. Great to be with you talking all things golf and the best uh, teacher on radio, mm. the man who you want to be listening to to title. improve your golf game. We're not going to say best teacher all around the world. No, there's but a few better. On radio. On radio. One, on radio no way there's anyone in Australia. This. On this station, yeah. number one. Good on you. Hey, now, talk about chipping this week. We've been talking about defense in your golf game. And at the start Important. of the program, we yes. spoke about, you know, there is defense in golf, and that is it's all about the chipping and recovering from your bad shots. That's yep. how you defend your score by getting up and down. So let's talk about the chipping. If I hear one more person hit a bad chip and say I didn't keep my head down, I might <laughs> yeah, I might blow a gasket. Yeah. I might. Because it's just so wrong. It's so wrong. Your head shouldn't stay down. It's all about your spine. Your spine stays down. If your spine comes up through the hitting area, it won't matter how long your head stays down for. It just won't matter. Yep. If your spine comes up a centimetre, I almost guarantee you're going to hit the ball thin by a centimetre. If it comes up two centimetres, you're going to guts the ball. So when you're hitting chips today, uh, if you're just getting out of the car, if you're just warming up, make sure, one, you put the ball back in your stance. It should be a little bit back in your stance when you're hitting chips and your hand should be forward. But when you actually are making contact, when you're in the gravy area of hitting this chip, for goodness sakes, forget about your head staying down. I want you to keep your whole spine down. Mm. It'll change everything. You're allowed to watch the ball. You're allowed to watch it go. But if you come up, you're in trouble. So if your head stays down, your body can still come up. 
Yep. And people do that all the time. They're trying to help the ball in the air. So they keep their head down and their body comes up yeah. in this mad scoop effort it. to scoop it up in uh, the air. The, the only way the ball gets in the air, folks, is it by bouncing off the club face. Yep. You can't, with any accuracy, scoop it Where should or the, help it. Sorry? Where should the weight be? Okay. Uh, well, you should feel like your feet have have sunk into the ground. If yep. you've got your weight on your heels, it'll feel like your feet are actually hovering on the ground, and that's no good. So when you're chipping, you've got to feel like your feet are sinking into the ground, and then you'll have the perfect weight displacement. Yep. And like I said, most people need to have the ball back just a little bit, mm-hmm. and then when you're actually hitting the shot, whether it's a wristy one or a non-wristy one, don't worry about your head staying down. It's a waste of time. Worry about your spine staying down. You will develop beautiful connection in two seconds flat. Don't have the practice warm-up putt today. Have a practice warm-up chip and keep your spine down through the hitting area. Away you go. Bang. There you go. Chipping. I don't think you'll get a better chipping uh, lesson on radio anywhere in the world. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you, you know go. what show I produce, Marco, as well? What show? <laughs> Off the bench. You're not going to put that in, eh? <laughs> Might be some boats in that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been great to have your company, Marco. No worries, buddy. We'll uh, see you next week. See you next week, buddy.